It's Monday, November 6th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the day has arrived. The Guardians have a new manager. Uh, Stephen Vogt, uh, selected as the 45th manager of the Cleveland franchise. Uh, he will be introduced during a press conference on Friday. Uh, but before then, we have uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, Stephen Vogt, the, the man that uh, the, the Guardians front office arrived uh, at after uh, you know a, a, an exhaustive search. Uh, what are your uh, initial reactions? Your first thought uh, when you heard that that Stephen Vogt was was named manager of the Guardians this morning? Yeah, Joe. I, I you know I I wasn't surprised. I think uh, you know we kind of knew it had, it had the search had gotten down to like three or four guys. You know I think uh, you know uh, Craig Council, um, Carlos. Uh, Carlos Mendoza and um, and Stephen Vo- uh, Vote were were kind of the three the fi- three finalists and um, you know I think uh, Cleveland was talking to uh, Council right up until uh, Monday morning or this morning and then uh, you know it kind of reached ahead and uh, we saw what what happened uh, uh, you know the guy, uh, vote vote ended up with Cleveland. Uh, Mendoza ended up with the Mets and uh, kind of a shocker, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> council council ended up with the Cubs. And I don't think anyone saw that coming, uh, especially uh, David Ross, who was manager yeah, of the yeah. Cubs uh, this past season. Uh, yeah. So David Ross out as manager of the Cubs. Craig Council uh, becomes the highest paid uh, manager uh, by average annual salary. Uh, he signs a. Uh, or he's uh, set to sign a five-year deal worth $40 million, as reported uh, by several outlets. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Vote gets a, a three-year deal in Cleveland, and you know they they had you know pursued Council as the probably the most experienced guy out there, the guy who uh, you know fit everything they, that that they sort of wanted. But when it became uh, maybe apparent that uh, Council had other uh, designs on where he wanted to, to manage and Obviously, he doesn't have to move his family uh, out of Wisconsin. He can if he's managing the Cubs. Uh, uh, probably a, a, a you know a big part of why he he decided to go there. Um, but as far as vote goes, uh, this was a guy that they wanted to jump on as soon as they pivoted away from council. Uh, they they didn't want to pass up their opportunity to to get this guy just because uh, he was going to be in high demand uh, for, for other openings. There's still four openings out there. Yeah. He had already interviewed uh, with the giants, uh, but you know, obviously Bob Melvin got that job. So, you know, and he kind of blew him away, Joe, it sounds like, uh, you know, he uh, really impressed, uh, you know, uh, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff, the rest of the front office in the zoom, zoom interviews. Then he, you know, he did the same thing when he came to Cleveland just recently for, you know, an, an in-person interview. And it sounds like, uh, you know, they were, they were, you know, you know, kind of kept in contact from that point on. So, you know, it was, it seemed like he was, he was there, you know, like, uh, there, I don't know if he was their number one choice, but he was maybe their number one a choice, you know, if, if they, depending how things worked out with councils. So, you know, I think they got the guy they really wanted. Uh, and Joe, what do you think of, uh, you know, kind of the uh, different ends of the spe- managerial spectrum comparing uh, Terry Francona and uh, Stephen Vogt. 
Yeah, you know, and that was, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, you know, maybe you're catching somebody like a Stephen Vogt uh, at at the beginning of his career, like uh, like Terry Francona was in Philadelphia. And, you know, you didn't know that he was going to go on to be a 23 year manager and, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, at that point. And maybe that's what you're getting uh, right now that maybe the 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 components are there and the personality and the makeup and the character are there. The only thing that's not there is the experience. So you go from a guy who who managed, you know, more than what nine hundred wins in uh, in uh, in his in his career, or I'm sorry, uh, nineteen hundred wins in his career, uh, to to a guy who has yet to manage a a, a game, and uh, there are going to be growing pains or going to be learning uh, experiences. Uh, you know, Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff are are going to be tasked with putting the people around Stephen Vote that will help him. Uh, you know, get the most out of the players uh, in, in that clubhouse. Uh, but I just think that, you know, from everything I've seen from the YouTube interviews I've I've viewed in, in the last few hours, everything I've read, uh, this is a guy who, you know, when he's in the room and he's speaking, everybody's paying attention. And, and, and uh, you know, he, he knows how to have difficult conversations already. He's done that with uh, with players on his own roster and on his, on his own team as a teammate. Uh, and I, I think he's he wants to learn how to be the best manager uh, that he can possibly be. And, and that's uh, it's, it's shown through in everything I've read so far. Uh, and I'm excited to, to meet him and see what his, his ideas are for Cleveland. Yeah, Joe. And it sounds like, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of players, you know, he, this guy just hung up the spikes, not, mm-hmm. not in 2022, he just retired as a player. Uh, you know, he, he was the, uh, uh, the bullpen coach and the quality, uh, control coach for Seattle this past season. Uh, so he's obviously still fresh from the field. We've seen a lot of guys in the past, you know, walk straight from the field or the broadcast booth into managing a big league club without, you know, uh, you know, without serving, you know, doing time in the managing in the minors or coaching in the minors, you know, and, uh, you know, the the way uh, Francona did it, you know, not many guys do that anymore. You know, you co- manage four or five years in the minors, you're, you're a bench coach, you're a third base coach in the big leagues, then you get, you know, then you start managing. So, you know, it, it can be done both ways. Uh, we've seen it successful both ways. Um, so, and I, I like the idea that it sounds like they're going to keep, uh, that veteran coaching staff around, uh, you know, that, that served, uh, Francona so well, it sounds like that's going to stay mainly intact and we'll be able to, uh, you know, help, help vote along the way. Yeah. Uh, one of the, uh, one of the sort of benefits, a side benefit of Terry Francona, uh, you know, dealing with the, the health issues that he dealt with over the last several years was, uh, a lot more than maybe typically or normally or usually on a on a major league uh, coaching staff was was pushed onto the coaches uh, a lot more responsibilities uh, because you know Tito just wasn't able to to do some of the things uh, and and he he was the first to tell you that he he maybe pushed a lot uh, on uh, some of his coaches uh, more than he necessarily wanted to uh, so that's a, a coaching staff that's used to doing a little bit more. And if you, uh, you know, keep the structure of that coaching staff around uh, vote, that could be a, a you know, a, a good way to, to sort of insulate him from some of the mistakes that, a, a, a you know, fresh off the boat, you know, never managed a game before guy a manager in that seat, um, you know, is, is going to, uh, you know, face. 
you know, you, you just wonder if everything we know about Stephen Vogt, if, if he would have been sort of the the ideal person, the ideal player uh, for, for Terry Francona to have managed. I mean, would would Tito have liked to have managed Stephen Vogt? And I think uh, it's clear that that he's the kind of guy that that, yeah, Tito would have loved to have had in his clubhouse, on his bench, uh, you know, playing a role on his team in some way uh, as a veteran leader. Um, injuries have played a part in um, votes uh, ascent and rapid ascent. You know, he used his time when he was he was sidelined as a player, uh, not just to, to go home and, and rehab injuries and, and, you know, get himself back into playing shape. But, you know, while he was uh, sidelined for uh, multiple games, multiple stretches, you know, he would sit there and learn from the front office of whatever team he was with, and whether it was in Milwaukee or uh, or Oakland or, or wherever he was playing. Uh, you know, we've we've heard accounts that this is a guy who uh, everything uh, towards the end of his career, and his his career got started in the majors a little bit later than uh, a little bit older than uh, you know some prospects uh, would normally be. Uh, he was focused on being a manager. This is his goal uh, to to have achieved it quickly like this. Is pretty remarkable, but uh, you know, from day one, he he sort of set his sights on being a major league manager, and 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 now he's going to have the chance to do that. Yeah, Joe, and uh, it sounds like uh, you know, I, you know what they always say: what catchers make the best managers. This mm-hmm. guy is he caught ten years in the big leagues, another six in the minors, and I kind of like the idea. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Francona. You know, he's he's been through just about everything you can be, be go through as a player. You know, he was a, a low round draft pick. He, uh, you know, had to struggle to the minors for six years. When he got to the big leagues, you know, it wasn't uh, you know a picnic. He kind he kind of bounced around. Then you know he he overcame some injuries. He got to be you know he went to two All Star games. So he's kind of seen the game from both sides, from the highs and the lows. I think that relates well with players. And when you and obviously he's had some of those conversations, Joe, where he's either got traded or he's he's been sent down or he's gotten released. So he's had those hard conversations. He knows how to handle them. And you know, but he's going to be on the other side of the desk. This time, you know, when he's telling players the good news and the bad news, and uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that. Yeah, uh, just uh, for background on uh, vote, uh, his uh, his major league uh, his first major league hit was uh, a home run in in Oakland, uh, and in his last major league at bat in 2022, uh, he also homered in that game. Uh, there's video of, uh, his family, his, uh, his three children, uh, introducing him as he stepped up to the plate, uh, on the, uh, the PA system there in Oakland on the final day of the season. Uh, and you know, he hit, hit the home run, uh, sort of a storybook, uh, ending to the career. That's, that's the way you want to, uh, you know, walk off the field, uh, your, your final game, uh, after hitting a home run like that. Uh, and there's a, a lot of stuff you can you can look up and see uh, about vote uh, California uh, born and raised. His dad was a baseball coach. I think that plays uh, a lot into his uh, desire to to be a, a manager. Uh, I believe his wife is a, 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 a like a Division three uh, college basketball coach as well. Uh, she's a former basketball player. Uh, so there's uh, there's a lot there. They're very uh, you know involved in the community. Uh, could be real interesting to to see 
how much time they spend in Cleveland with the, you know, the, the, the three young kids, uh, uh, you know, whether they'll uh, move here or uh, if they plan to, to stay on the West Coast uh, as well. Uh, all, all things that we will be, uh, you know, running down and, and asking uh, Stephen once he's uh, formally introduced to uh, the, the media here on Friday. Uh, we'll have the opportunity to, to see him there. Uh, so, yeah, it, it just uh, the the newness of this is all, uh, you know, pretty, pretty jarring. Uh, we're moving on from the, the Terry Francona era, starting the Stephen Vogt era, uh, beginning on Friday once he's he's introduced there. Uh, what do you think uh, immediately the first, uh, you know, big challenges for vote will be as he tackles this roster and tackles, uh, you know, the expectations of, of trying to get this club back to the, the postseason? Yeah, Joe, I think uh, obviously, you know, first he's got to get to know these guys. You know, I'm sure he's on the phone right now talking to players. I mean, he might make a couple trips maybe to see uh, Shane Bieber or Jose Ramirez to talk to, you know, the top players on the ball club. Um, but, uh, you know, he wants to establish relationships as soon as he can. Uh, and then you get to the kind of the nuts and bolts and, you know, you've got to improve the offense uh, on this club. You know, I don't think, uh, you know, he, he, I mean, he can put his two cents in, but I don't, you know, he's not pulling the strings on the deals, but he can certainly give his evaluation of players. He's seen enough of them. So I think, you know, offense, obviously you've got to improve this ball club and uh, we'll see, you know, what effect that has, what effect he has on that. Yeah, it's a, it, it's an opportunity here uh, for him to to put his stamp, uh, you know, on the club uh, early. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I think he'll be given, uh, I'm sure, the, the ability to to formulate uh, lineups and, and, and rotations and, and things like that. But uh, we understand where uh, a lot of the direction is going to come from in terms of who's on the roster and what players, what young players are are, are being put out there. Um, you know, and that's going to come from the front office, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, the majority of the, the time Antonetti and, and Chernoff have, have shown even with uh, even with Tito present, uh, it was it was still their show uh, in, in a lot of ways uh, in that regard. Um, as far as uh, the the other uh, managers that were considered or, or candidates that were considered or interviewed or anything like that, uh, do you think uh, they're there was anybody else that was maybe on the radar that uh, that either, you know, missed a chance or that they that they didn't get a chance to talk to. Or it, it was this uh, was vote basically the, the best of of who was left after council. Yeah, I think so, Joe. I mean, they had they could have gone with uh, Mendoza. He went to the Mets. They could have gone with uh, Clayton McCullough, uh, the uh, Dodgers first base coach. They could have gone with uh, Andy Green, uh, you know the Cubs, uh, the Cubs uh, bench coach. Uh, you know they're, they're, they went through 45, 48 different names. So I think they, you know, I think uh, for for some reason, uh, you know, uh, a vote just clicked with them. I mean, he he made you know he he made an impression. I think uh, you know, and once uh, kind of council went away. I don't know if it was, you know, money. It sounds like he certainly got if he was looking to raise uh, the pay scale for managers. He certainly did that with his deal with the Cubs. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think uh, they got the guy they 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 wanted. The, the thing, the interesting thing to me, Joe, is, 
you know, and they said they won't do this, but, you know, you've got a, a, a first year manager, a rookie manager. Um, how much control does the front office really influence now? You know, they, you know, t- uh, they, you know, uh, they, you know, Mike Chernoff and Chris Antonetti always talk about having a partnership. They wanted to find a guy where they, they could partner with a manager. They could have a partnership with what, like they had with Francona. Now, how much, uh, you know, and, and, but Francona had kind of the street cred to uh, say, okay, you know, uh, this is this isn't going to work in the clubhouse. This thing, you know, these stats are, you know, I don't need these stats. We we want to, you know, you, he could decipher and and you know, kind of, you know, you know, they could, you know, bounce things off each other and and just argue with and still get along. Now, what you know, what how is uh, that relationship going to form with between Voden and? Uh, and the front office. That's well, that's a critical thing that's going to, you know, kind of we'll have to watch and see how that unfolds. Yeah, and and how married to analytics is vote? Do we, you know, we don't know yet. We have to ask him when when we talk to him. But uh, you know, is is he going to manage uh, with his gut uh, while influenced by uh, you know the the stats and the the analytics and and what what it says to do in certain situations, or you know, is he going to let the numbers you know, uh, sort of guide things and, and be, uh, you know, like Kevin Cash pulling a, 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 a an all-star pitcher uh, in the world series as he's, you know, facing a, a lineup for the second or third time. Uh, these are, are, are questions that, and, and again, he, he will be the first to admit that he's going to be learning on the job. So uh, I'm sure that the, the more uh, influences and the more voices that he hears, uh, whether it's from his own coaching staff, whether it's from a, a Carl Willis or a Chris Vileka, if they're 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 there, or if it's uh, somebody else who he brings in or brings along with him, uh, it, it, it's it's going to be important to see who those uh, those influences are. But uh, yeah, the relationship with with Antonetti and Chernoff is, is going to be the most important of those, and and uh, as long as they're all on the same page, it's it's been unprecedented, Hoinsey. We've had eleven years of you know. Though that relationship and that, uh, you know, manager and front office relationship being on the same page, pretty much even when they weren't on the same page, at least to everybody else, to to, to all of us, they were. Uh, if that's going to be the case here moving forward, then, you know, there it's it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the team continues to grow. I I don't know. Uh, everything I, I, I've read and I've seen about Stephen Vogt leads me to believe that he will be open to all of that input. Uh, I have, I have yet to see what it's, you know, when it comes down to making a hard decision and putting yourself out there in front of it, uh, is, is he the guy who's going to do that? And, uh, you know, that was something that we're used to seeing Tito do. Yeah. And, and he was the quality control coach with the Mariners. That is, you know, very da- data driven position, you know, very analytically inclined. So, and I'm sure, you know, he played a long time in, in Oakland where, you know, the kind of that, the money ball kind of thing started. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, he's, you know, anybody who plays today or manages today is going to have to accept analytics. It's just the way you accept them and what you use and don't use and how you, uh, how you, how you are able to, uh, translate that with the front office and get along with the front office in those regards. So, you know, I think, uh, Antonetti and Chernoff are pretty good that way. Uh, and, uh, we'll see how it goes, but it, you know, it's, it's such a, a radical change from you, you've got one of, you know, uh, a man, you're going from a manager 
with a Hall of Fame career behind him to a, a guy that hasn't managed once, you know, hasn't managed a game in the big leagues, like you said. So it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds. A big part of what's attractive about Vote is his uh, his charismatic nature, his presence, his, you know, he's a, he's a good clubhouse guy. He's a great teammate. Uh, everybody who's played with him or, or, or around him has, has said all the same things. Uh, you know, this is a guy who, who you want to, you gravitate towards. And, you know, there, there have been guys like that in the Guardians clubhouse over the last 11 years. Uh, we, we've seen guys like that. Uh, now there, you know, there is one. Heck, uh, with uh, with Ross uh, being let go in uh, in Chicago, um, I believe Mike Napoli was was his first base coach, right? Right, you know, right. Maybe maybe Mike Napoli's a, a guy that you could uh, bring back to Cleveland as a either a bench coach or a first base coach, or you know move Sandy to the bench and and see what happens there. But uh, there's there's possibilities there of, of keeping those high character guys uh, around. Uh, some of the things uh, again. Uh, when when we're introduced to Stephen Vogt and we're going to see that personality come through, this is a guy who everybody says is funny. He's got you know good timing. He can keep, he can tell a joke, make guys laugh, disarm guys. Uh, I've seen videos of him uh, doing impersonations. On, are you familiar with uh, Chris Farley's work on uh, Saturday Night Live as the motivational speaker Mick Foley, oh, yeah. uh, the guy who lives in a van down by a river yeah, yeah, by, by the river. Uh, yeah, he does a really good uh, Chris Farley impersonation. Uh, apparently, and this is close to my heart, obviously, uh, apparently he likes to put on uh, the, the referee stripes and blow a whistle and go out there and imitate uh, an, an NBA basketball referee and, and just sort of be uh, uh, have, a, have a little uh, funny little routine with that. Uh, I've seen him on a, a couple of uh, MLB Network shows and uh, doing his impersonation of a basketball referee. Uh, maybe we'll have a a couple of conversations about mechanics. It seems like he, he might know a little bit about refing, uh, refing basketball. So I can have some, uh, uh, some, some talks with him about, uh, what he's seen and what he's done there. Yeah, that'll be fun. Definitely. Uh, but just, just knowing that, you know, Tito's, uh, charm and, and personality came across and, you know, he was, he was a great storyteller. He was a guy who, you know, could, could make you laugh just by telling you things that you were like, you know, holy cow, I didn't know uh, about Jim Leland or, you know, a bunch of other guys in the, the history of the game. Now it's more, uh, you know, just going off of uh, uh, Stephen Vogt's improv, I think, is going to be what uh, what keeps us on our toes uh, covering him on a daily basis. And uh, it's something I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, Joe, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. It's always it's always, uh, you know, kind of a feeling out uh, period. You get to know the new manager. He gets to know the the, the uh, press corps. And, uh, you know, we haven't had to do that for 11 years. So this will be something uh, This we'll have to, uh, you know, unlock some old memories and see how it works. Yeah, it uh, should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to, uh, to meeting Stephen Vogt and uh, getting reactions from uh, players and you know the people in Oakland and, and around baseball who have, who have been around him uh, that should all be coming uh, this week as we we get a little deeper into the weeds on this and uh, looking forward to the the new era of Guardians baseball uh, led by Stephen Vogt. Okay Hoynes that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow with another player breakdown 
Uh, and then uh, later on this week, uh, we will have more uh, about Stephen Vogt uh, and, and what he plans to do uh, as he takes the reins here in Cleveland. Uh, we will talk to you then. All right, Joe. 